Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Music. And welcome to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music. I'm here with John Corby, a return guest. John is in the world of finance, and he's here to talk to us today about a number of issues in terms of managing money and thinking about your investments in startups. Welcome back, John. Thank you, Jillian. Happy to be here. Delighted to have you. John, you and I have been talking a little bit about dividends. It's kind of an unsung hero. Nobody's paying attention. We're all sitting around looking at our options saying, hey, I bought it for this or I got in at this and I'm going to sell it for this plus some multiple. And we're all excited about, if you will, the growth factor of that. Tell us some other options out there. What other things should we be looking at? And pardon the pun. <laughs> well, um, there's there's two ways to make money when you're investing in stocks. Obviously, you, you alluded to one, and that's the appreciation uh, situation when you buy a stock at five and it goes to ten, and certainly a lot of your listeners can see that as they're involved in companies that they hope will go from five to ten, or certainly a lot more than ten. The other way uh, to make money is dividends, and the the basic nature of of companies uh, when you invest in a company, you, at, at some level you ex- uh, expect some return. Uh, on your capital, and part of that return on your capital is return of your capital, and that's where dividends come in. You, you've seen that with a lot of uh, large, mature companies over the years, uh, but it's uh, actually starting to happen with some uh, younger companies as well. 
But that return of capital can be a significant component to the total return that you might have on your investment. If you go back and look historically, uh, and you have to go way back, not just really the last 25 or 30 years, but if you go back to the 30s and 40s, you can find that the total return uh, that an investor would earn on uh, a stock investment was probably 60 to 70% more from dividends uh, than from capital appreciation. Uh, that kind of went away when we looked at the 80s and 90s and we went through this tremendous appreciation mode uh, in, in the equity markets. Uh, but it's really come back to uh, being something of more importance as we look over the last, uh, say, maybe two or three years. Makes good sense. Return of capital is interesting. It literally is removing the risk. I go in to work for a company and I say, I'm going to get 100000 bucks in salary and you're going to give me, I don't know, uh, 100,000 pieces of stock and I'm going to get this at an option of, say, 10 bucks a shot. As you begin to pay me dividends on the options which I exercise, I have literally paid for those options at $10 a pop, but as you begin to give me dividends, that risk is off the table. As the dividends increase over the years, I guess, accumulate over the years, it not only increases, uh, it takes off the risk of what I paid for those options, but if you will, it takes off that risk that says, hey, I'm going to work for you for 100 grand, but I know I'm worth 150 or 200 or whatever. That's an interesting idea that I hadn't really thought about. What about in terms of investing in a company with the idea that uh, you would look at dividends rather than as um, stock itself? So now we're not looking at dividends and options, but rather uh, dividends and stock investment, if you will, well, you know, uh, VCs before, or before. angels. Yeah, before we talk about that, let's just make sure that we're, we're clear. I mean, you, to receive the dividends, you actually have to own the stock. So That's right. So in, in the example that you used, you would have to exercise those options and actually be That's owner right. of the stock to, to, uh, to invest That's in right. So That's right. So and you, generally, sure. yeah, yeah, generally, it's a one-year cliff, which means you've got to work for about a year, and then you get to exercise some of your stock. Then you start getting some dividends back. It helps you to pay back whatever you've exercised on that stock, but the dividend may also be sufficient over the years to you know, accommodate not only for that, but if you will, either for profit or if you will, for this balance of having worked for less for a startup. All of those are very interesting, but you're absolutely right. Keep in mind, you must exercise the stock before you get anything. Okay, good point. Right. So let's talk about it in terms of investment possibility. Uh, I think there are other names for those kind of instruments. Uh, when I go into an angel group, for example, I can tell them, I want you to invest in my company. It's a little bit like stock options. In this case, they get hard stock in exchange for their money. They have purchased it, right? And then they get it at, I don't know, a buck today, and hopefully it's worth 10 bucks or 100 bucks in the future. That's great. What other options do I have there? Maybe leveraging the idea of dividends. Well, uh, I mean, in terms of traditional uh, venture capital investing, there's, there's usually you know, uh, equity or equity-like instruments that are, that are involved in the angel or even the venture capital in, investing world. So they're going to they're want options. They're going to want warrants on those options. 
or excuse me, warrants on the stock once the options have been exercised. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a, there's different ways of looking at at their investment, but it's going to be primarily uh, driven off of just uh, that pure equity investment. Right. Um, v- but I was hoping v- you would mention things like the word warrants. Tell the audience, what do we talk about when you say they want warrants on those kinds of investments? Well, warrants would be a, uh, a, a term and condition, if you will, of, of, the, um, of the deal that says over a period of time they would earn the right to get additional shares of stock above and beyond just the shares of stock that they acquired in the original transaction. So if a, if a VC Correct. or an angel investor comes in for uh, $100,000 and receives uh, uh, 10,000 shares of stock, if there are certain goals that are achieved uh, through, the investment, uh, through their investment that the, uh, that the company achieves, then they may uh, earn the right to get an additional, uh, make it up, 1,000 shares of stock. Uh, mm-hmm. those goals, uh, are, are put together. It's, it's a little kicker, if you will, for the equity investor, uh, whether right. it's a VC or an angel investor, uh, that, to participate on the upside of the success of a company. Absolutely. And again, connecting this with this idea that if you actually pay out dividends on annual you know, growth profit, gross profit, and so on, those kinds of things. If you begin to pay dividends, this makes the pot even sweeter. This is an interesting little kick there. The other thing is that sometimes we have things called convertible notes. Uh, Not all investors like to do that. Some angels love it, some don't. Um, But there again, we have this idea that you can take uh, stock in a company, but you have the ability to convert that somehow early and change things and and play with how you uh, invest in a corporation. So I think what we're really talking about here is so many different choices. It's not just about paying dividends or understanding whether or not your stock is worth more because it's paying dividends. It's also understanding all of the choices you have as a CEO to make your company um, exciting to invest of all kinds, whether they be employees to whom you're going to give stock, investors to whom you give stock, or in the future when you go public. Sure. One other thing, though, to keep in mind, uh, Jillian, for someone who is, is running a company is, in some respects, you want to husband your capital a little bit. I mean, you're, you're only going to start paying out a dividend once you find yourself in a more mature state. Uh, I would right. imagine most of your listeners are, are not necessarily in a mature state to the same extent as you you might look at an Exxon or an IBM or or uh, uh, Intel or even Microsoft. Uh, right. I mean, th- these companies are still growing, and they're going to want to take what proceeds they're earning from their growth and pour it back into their company for future growth. So, a lot of these startup companies would not necessarily be in a position to pay dividends. So, John, as we consider uh, the idea of things like dividends, uh, convertible notes, uh, warrants, and so on, which help people to uh, find your pot sweeter as they invest in your company and so on, you're talking about specifically dividends here. It is something we should be cautious about. Uh, You were saying, for example, uh, just before the show, that companies in the very early stages of startup, of course, can't afford those dividends. At what point should we be looking at that? Well, uh, it, it's important to, to look at startup companies as, as what they are. They're, they're emerging companies. They're growing enterprises. Uh, there's a, a new product or service in being introduced to the marketplace. Uh, ideally, the marketplace is embracing that, and, and there's some early successes. 
But most new companies, and it can be in technology, they can be in retail, they can be in healthcare, are growing so fast and wanting to expand into uh, broader segments of their markets or new markets that they've got to take all of their available earnings that they're that they're deriving, and in fact, probably even some more money uh, from the from the outside uh, funding sources to fuel their growth. So they're not necessarily in a position to say, "Wow, let's take some of this money and pay it back out to our shareholders." Uh, I see, mm-hmm. i.e., the angel investors and 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 the VC community, who are going to be far more interested in appreciation rather than dividends anyway. So right. Th- so th- right. those I, kinds. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say that what you're really trying to say, I think, is that it kind of signals two things. One, uh, as you're a startup, you really can't afford to do it. If you can afford to do it, it gives a signal back to the community of investors that you're at a different stage, uh, perhaps a stage where growth is. N- not so dynamic, where you're not requiring that influx of capital to uh, make that next big push. So we would say something more like a stable corporation. I think you were mentioning, you know, Microsoft, the Boeing, uh, you know, the major corporations. Um, they reach the stage where they can have dividends, but certainly during high growth periods, one wouldn't see it. That's correct. I mean, in the in in the in the life cycle of a company, if you will, when it's going through that. Uh, vertical stage, if you will, uh, you're chewing up a lot of capital to help fuel that growth. But once your markets begin to mature or your overall business begins to mature, uh, investors actually start expecting you to return their uh, their capital uh, back to them. Uh, and they start looking mm-hmm. for ways to earn money from your particular company in, in something other than just a pure appreciation mode. That makes good sense. So we're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about dividends and so on. But from you know the other side now, we're going to talk about what happens after you get funded. Now you've got a chunk of capital. You need to manage your growth. You need to invest wisely. You may have all kinds of fiduciary responsibilities beyond what you've thought of before. When we come back with John Corby, we'll be talking about money investments. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. 
Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. Hey, I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking about investing wisely, understanding different kinds of opportunities, dividends versus uh, growth opportunity only of things like stock or stock options. Uh, John, welcome back. Thank you, Jillian. Okay, so tell me what happens when I've been funded. Oh boy, I've got a million bucks. Or, oh boy, I've got 20 million bucks. What do I do with that kind of capital? Obviously, the broader sense, I know what I'm going to do with it. That's why they invested in me. I've got all kinds of things I need to accomplish. So some of that money must remain liquid. But some of it could be working for my company while I'm busy working with the rest of it. How do I manage those things? How do I get my mind around those kinds of ideas? Well, in some respects, you're, you're, you're uh, looking, you're treating it as an investment as you would be investing with your own capital uh, outside of your business. You're trying to maximize or manage the cash that you have uh, at your disposal, and if there's an opportunity to earn uh, some semblance of a return while keeping in mind uh, that this is really money in your back pocket that you're probably going to need sooner rather than later if your company is, is growing and being successful, uh, that you can uh, derive a little bit uh, more of a return. The, the, the challenge is, one, you want to make sure that it's liquid. Two, you want to make sure that you're not taking any undue risk uh, in, in uh, investing this money. Uh, and, and three, you want to make sure that uh, you, you have a, a clear handle on, on what you're investing in. Uh, the challenge that we're facing in this particular environment is uh, is the fact that if you don't want to take a lot of risk, you don't want to have a lot of uh, you, you probably don't want to have any e- equity exposure to this money. You're probably looking at at fixed income uh, kinds of investments, uh, and two, you're looking at investments that are very short term in nature. I mean, they could be as short term as 30 days, uh, probably not any longer term than maybe two years. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the challenge in this particular environment is you're just not going to get a whole lot of return uh, from that kind of investing. Now, having said yeah. that, that's, yeah. that's better than nothing, right? Yeah. Today, it's, uh, you know, I play around with 1% versus 1.5%, and oh boy, if somebody's going to give me two. But there are some choices out there. We are seeing some options out there where, you know, even FDIC insured will give you 25 or even, you know, a little bit more for a very short period of time, usually for a limited amount of money. Uh, a number of the local banks here are offering those kinds of things where you can invest for as little as, I don't know, three months, six months, whatever, and it can sit literally in a savings. It's not even a CD. Um, as we get into things like CDs, a little bit longer term, three, six, nine months, uh, even maybe a couple of years, as you said, depending on how long you expect these funds to kind of sustain your company, um, that would make some sense. I'm hoping that you can give us a little insight into the 
uh, strategy, if you will. Say we've got a significant sum of, uh, I don't know, for a very small startup, a significant investment would have been maybe only half a million dollars or a million dollars. But for the entrepreneur, that's kind of a chunk of change. Let's divvy up a million bucks and say, where would you allocate it? As far as I can see as an entrepreneur, I would put nothing of that into CDs. I would say every single piece of this must be liquid because it isn't sufficient uh, to, uh, to tie any of it up just in case. You can never tell when that big opportunity is going to happen. So what I guess I'm trying to say is perhaps in the earliest stages, uh, things are really wild. And you don't know, uh, you don't have a whole lot of controls over what's about to happen or when you're going to need the cash. But now maybe you can address, John, how would I handle, for example, I don't know, 20 or 50 or $100 million as a larger company? Again, you've got a nice piece of investment there, but how would you divvy it up? Would you say? A lot of it it would depend upon your own business plan and the timing of when you think you would need to, to utilize the cash. So, okay. for example, you might have only uh, you might take a quarter of a million of of that, uh, or or two and a half million, excuse me, of that ten million dollars uh, that you know you're going to need in the next um, sixty to ninety days. And there, okay. you're not going to you're going to be much more liquidity focused. You're probably going to be content, or you probably should be content with just leaving it in the checking account. And uh, maybe it's an interest-bearing checking account, and you're going to get uh, two-tenths of a percent out of it, but still that's right. better than, than nothing. But you're, you're going to be able to just write a check, and the funds are right there. Absolutely uh, agree with you. And then, then, then you need to sit down and say, all right, so how much money would I need then in six months or a year or two years? And, and mm-hmm. I mean, even though it is the Wild West and things are unpredictable, you still have to have a game plan of some sort. Uh, That's right. That that gives you some some guidance and 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 some mileposts, if you will, where you can take the rest of that money and begin to uh, deploy uh, uh, into maybe slightly better investment uh, uh, vehicles that uh, will still provide you safety and liquidity. I mean, that's first and foremost. You don't want to you don't want to put that at any more risk than than uh, than necessary. Um, but it still allows you to, to generate uh, some tiny bits of return uh, with the money that's sitting in your coffers, if you will, waiting to be deployed. Makes good sense to me. Um, I also think there's kind of a third pot where I, I think at some point one says, all right, I have a number, you know, a, a quantity of investment, but I can actually use my investment to sit in something like a CD, which becomes an asset of my company, and on that I can borrow as well. Therefore, I can leverage even more money because I have money. You know, there's this old saying that says, basically, you're not going to get a loan unless you don't need it, right? At the point when you're funded, maybe the best time. To go out and say, look, I've got this stuff sitting in a CD. It's not going to get touched, uh, but, you know, it's backup. It's my collateral. Uh, let's go, you know, leverage this to get an even larger, perhaps, line of credit or something like that. So leveraging your assets is not just about investing in what today, of course, as, as we listen to it on the radio today, is a very little interest and perhaps in a few years will be more. It is also about what else it can accomplish for you. Well, that's true, and that goes back to one of the – most important relationships that any uh, entrepreneur is going to uh, establish, and that's with his banker or her banker. Yes. Uh, and, and finding a banker that is going to understand their business, understand the vicissitudes, if you will, of, of, uh, of startups uh, mm-hmm. and can help a company 
uh, with some of these financing activities. Right. So usually we wait till the end of the show, but right about now I'm going to ask you to tell people how they can reach you because I know there's going to be a lot of people who really want to know, uh, you know, how can they work with either you or who do, would you recommend or what else, you know, would they need to know? So why don't you share that now and we'll share it again at the end of the show. What's your email? How can folks reach you? Sure. Uh, best way to reach me via email is J-C-O-R-B as in Baker, Y, at and this is all one word, bostonprivatebank.com. Okay, at bostonprivatebank.com. Okay, so John, uh, as we continue here, considering what to do with capital once it's in place, that's great. Um, You also manage the funds for a number of entrepreneurs who have had successful exits. And so looking at a personal investment uh, concept, if you will, dividends begins to make sense. Now, what you're saying is invest in something where you can get your money back, and then you can do other stuff with your money again. That's kind of nice, and it creates this kind of steady income thing that comes from your capital. Um, As you do that sort of thing, what else would you be recommending to, if you will, successful entrepreneurs, people who have now put a few bucks in their pocket? Well, I've always thought that the the, the best situation for a a successful entrepreneur is to carve carve out enough capital that they'll be able to live uh, comfortably. Uh, through through their investments and through the income generated uh, from their investments, whether that income is from uh, stocks, from dividend-paying stocks, uh, whether it's from stocks that still have the potential to appreciate, uh, whether it's from fixed income instruments uh, and uh, other kinds of investments, investments in, in real estate and investments in commodities, to have a well-diversified portfolio to, uh, to, to help generate that income. That's kind of their, their, their safety pool, if you will. And then with any excess capital, uh, as I would imagine lots of entrepreneurs will be interested in doing, is they become angel investors themselves, and they start looking mm-hmm. for other investments to make. Or, um, and I always kid, kid around with my friends about this expression, but they get the band back together and go do it again. Uh, That's and right. Find, and find another marketplace or, or something else to to uh, to go out and attack and and try and and put together another successful venture. Yeah. So that that's an important concept to keep in mind is just stashing some money away to live on, so that they can then take the excess capital and invest. And you know what? Maybe it doesn't always work, and maybe that 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 next venture uh, is unsuccessful. But at least they've got a, a, mm-hmm. a stash of money aside that they're still able to live on. Um, it's kind of like the concept of living to fight another day, if you will. Yes, makes perfect sense to me. And uh, and there are so many stories, of course, of, of ways that. Uh, entrepreneurs succeed or don't succeed on their first, second, third, or fourth try. So uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap up here at CEO Coach. I'd like to bring that back home again to the corporate idea, uh, putting enough aside to live on, if you will, and then gambling the rest of it. Uh, again, thinking about the money that you have in hand and how should you shepherd it. We'll come back and cover that in just a moment. This is Jillian Music with John Corby at Boston Private Bank. We're at CEO Coach. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? 
Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. WebmasterRadio.fm The addiction that's good for you. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back to the final segment. I'm talking with John Corby of Boston Private Bank here. We're talking about everything from dividends to managing your money as uh, a newly invested company or perhaps as a recently successful entrepreneur. So, John, you were just talking about this idea of kind of squaring away a piece that says, all right, we can live on that. Would that be something we'd be looking at as entrepreneurs as well? I know that I certainly did. Uh, I looked at the funding saying, all right, what are my absolute base costs per month uh, with a small increase, if you will, understanding that if things didn't work out as I was hoping, uh, we would have a smaller uh, team, of course, on site. And if things worked out better, we'd have a larger team. But I said kind of my minimum uh, amount I would need per month to cover my basic uh, uh, bills. I want to stash that stuff aside, not in something that wasn't liquid, but knowing that I wouldn't really spend it. And so that was an important issue to me as I was thinking about the capital. Um, and that just did stay in a checking account. It, you know, it went to, I think, the savings portion of that checking account and made a few percent at the time, and that was fine. But beyond that, the stuff that you're going to kind of gamble with, if you will, that stuff, I suppose, is things that you would purchase. Would you be talking about things like purchasing versus renting, extending capital and so on? In today's interest market, how would you play that game? Would you be out there buying lots of equipment or would you be out there kind of leasing it and keeping your capital in pocket? 
Well, I think it, it depends on on uh, what you're doing. It depends on on your business and and uh, the kinds of things that you need. I mean, mm-hmm. do you need to? Are you are you a semiconductor uh, startup and and you need to develop your own uh, silicone? So you've got uh, uh, manufacturing equipment that you need to to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's say, the- yeah, let's say it was either manufacturing equipment or lots of hardware or something like that. I guess my question is, most of the people listening here, they're in technology businesses. All right, so we're all looking at things like computers. Should we rent? Right. Should we lease them? Should we buy them at this point, right? At what point do you say, yeah, you know what, the interest rates are so low, uh, yeah, just go dive in and, and lease them, Um or at what point do you say, no, no, you know what, the cost of those leases is crazy. You can do better if you hang on to your cash. Where well, would you course, put that with balance? Some, with, with something like, uh, well, let's just take uh, computer monitors and laptops. I mean, yep. we all know, uh, we all know and if we have anything to do in the technology industry, uh, how fast things change. And so you go out and you say, okay, I'm going to go buy a bunch of laptops for my people. Uh, gee, that might be great, but, uh, you know, three years from now, there's going to be something smaller, faster, more powerful, mm-hmm. uh, and as we all continue to migrate towards the cloud, uh, you know we're just not going to need a, a, a think a ThinkPad or uh, anything like that, that 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 stores memory on its own. You're you're going to need an iPad, and you're just going to be relying on the cloud, particularly as as the cloud gets more uh, uh, sophisticated in terms of, of corporate security. So I, I, you have to sit there and say, well, gee, do I want to tie up a lot of capital in buying that stuff when in two or three years from now it's going to be obsolete? Maybe leasing it is going to be something that makes more sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But then there may be another piece of equipment that is going to be proprietary to what you do. Maybe it's, it's, it's uh, hardware-oriented, or maybe you're involved in, in manufacturing something new for uh, mobile devices. Uh, mm-hmm. where you would need to invest in something that's proprietary uh, and something like that may be more important to, to purchase. So it, there's not a one-size-fits-all fit, answer to that. It's all very dependent upon uh, uh, what it is that you're doing. But there are some basic things that, that, that I think we all acknowledge from a technology standpoint that you wouldn't necessarily want to sink capital into when you know two or three mm-hmm. years from now you're just going to have to sink more capital into it uh, because uh, the technology is going to change. Right. And I think you hit on something very, uh, I don't know, incisive right there. If you know that in two to three years at the end of a lease, the product you've got in front of you is not something you're going to want again because it limits the productivity of the owner of that laptop, desktop, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. then you're going to want to send it back. So you don't want a lease where the buyout at the end is a buck. You want a lease where the buyout at the end is as high as possible and the lease payments are as low as possible. It does a number of things. It leverages your capital. It means that you keep more of it in your hands at the moment and you're paying out little bits every month, right? And at this point, nobody's going to pay you to kind of hang on to your cash. So, you know, it's it's such a low amount. That's number one. And number two... At the end of the lease time, you know that you're going to need a new lease or maybe a new purchase product by then. Who knows? You'll see what the landscape looks like. But at this time, it seems to me leasing makes a whole lot of sense in a whole lot of scenarios. Mm -hmm. So, John, any parting thoughts of wisdom somewhere perhaps around the concept of dividends, uh, which is kind of the income as it flows in now versus uh, stock options and and stock itself, investments in general, uh, either for personal or for business use? 
Well, I think from a personal standpoint, when, when, when you look at investing, particularly in an environment like this, uh, where uh, returns are so scarce, I mean, if you look at the stock market this year, it's 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 been up 12 percent, but it's been a it's been a tough road to get there. When you look at bonds, and 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 you look at uh, uh, 10-year government securities paying uh, paltry rates less than than two percent. Uh, you're trying to eke out uh, returns wherever you can, and dividends provide a uh, an interesting source of returns uh, for investors, particularly investors that are looking to generate some income off of their portfolio. But but even if you're just looking to to allow that pie to grow, uh, regardless of whether you're going to use the income, dividends are still a way of of uh, adding to the total return component. Uh, of any portfolio, and, and so I think that that's an important concept to keep in mind, uh, particularly uh, as, as we look at the marketplace today and in the near future. I mean, it's 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 difficult to imagine a market environment that's going to look like the 80s and 90s, uh, where appreciation was so great uh, as we look at over, say, the next uh, five years or so. I mean, it's a different economic environment. It's a different yes. investment environment. Absolutely agree. And so that does make really good sense. Dividends may be one of the few places left for us to look at a possibility of earning greater than just a couple of percent interest. So thanks again for joining us, John. One more time, how do folks reach you? Uh, the, the email address is jcorby, J-C-O-R-B as in Baker, Y, at, one word, bostonprivatebank.com. Excellent. Thanks so much, John. Uh, you can also catch us here at CEO Coach on our Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. That's P-O-D-J-S-T. CEO Coach Podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you there. And you can, of course, download these shows through iTunes or at webmasterradio.fm. Till next week, this is Jillian Music, and thank you again for joining me, John Corby. Thank you, Jillian. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.